0: Way of the Blade, the podcast. I'm your host, Phil Schneider, author of Way of the Blade, 100 of the Greatest Bloody Matches in Professional Wrestling History, and a writer on the Segunda Caida blog and for The Rigger. And I am pleased to be joined by Filthy Tom Lawler, who is the first uh, podcast and rigor column double uh, appearance. Uh, a member, and uh, so I appreciate this is a, a real moment for me. I'm gonna my hope is that I just can uh leverage the column into convincing people to do my podcast. That was my goal with the entire thing. So, so far it's working great, and we're talking about Yuji Nakata versus Kazunari Murakami from New Japan, uh, December 10th, 2002. Tom, how are you, my friend?
1: I'm doing great, Phil. Now, you mentioned uh the article in the ringer that you wrote about myself and Matt Makowski and. I appreciate all the fine words but uh really you know i'm a bigger fan of way of the blade uh which i no longer have a copy of a physical copy of because i had lent it to john moxley of all people and uh i never got it back (laughs) so
0: it's in the mail so you you should be getting (laughs) it you know it, it takes a while with part uh you know, uh, package post is not the fastest yeah. thing in the world,
1: but I I'm, and, and, and I, I've been a reader. I've been a reader of Segunda Kaeda for years. Oh wow! Since I got back onto the uh, independent scene, so I'm very familiar with your work. Yeah. And, uh, and you were, before what you wrote about me and Matt. So,
0: and you were a Death Valley driver, like poster, right? That we're talking about twenty odd years ago. Am I right? Am I yeah. wrong about that?
1: No, no, you're right. I wish I could go back and uh, log into my old account. I don't know if that's even uh, possible to see what I what I had posted about. But, yeah, I was definitely on there uh, during my my time in the early 2000s. All right, so let's go. Uh, before we get into this match, this is a great match. We're going to talk a lot about it. Your, your
0: background, you started initially as a pro wrestler. Is, is that right? Or were you sort of at the same time doing pro wrestling and amateur MMA?
1: Okay, so... Yeah, uh, if I want to start at the very, like, uh, you know, genesis of any of my training, I started wrestling in high school. Uh, I went to college. I was uh, wrestling in college. And in 2003, I had my first uh, MMA fight. And at that time, there was no athletic commissions, really. So it wasn't like amateur or pro. You just show up and you fight some dude. And uh, it's pretty wild because that show that I made my debut on, like some of the other guys on that show were Marcus Davis was fighting on that show, Dante Rivera, who was on Tough later on in the UFC. So there was like a number of guys who ended up being, you know, professional, high-level fighters uh, throughout the years on this random show in Taunton, Massachusetts in 2003. Uh, but I was still in college, so uh, I just did that during the summer one year, you know. And uh, 2005, I graduated college and uh, started independent wrestling in Florida. I never really stopped like training amateur wrestling or MMA uh, that whole time. So uh, after a a couple of years on the independent scene and a WWE tryout at Deep South where I didn't get offered a deal, uh, I got a real job. And uh started fighting professionally, and here I am now. And then you had a, a relative... A how, what was your, how many years were you in the UFC? Okay, I didn't know if you want to keep going. Uh, no, let's get, we'll
0: give we'll the, the quick run through and <laughs> talk about Murakami. <laughs> yeah, so for, so from 2008,
1: uh, 2008, I was on The Ultimate Fighter, uh, and uh, was with the UFC until 2018 is when they cut me, but... In uh, 2016, I was hit by USADA with a uh, Osterine violation, which is something that now would get you uh, maybe not even a slap on the wrist. Uh, But at the time, I was given a two-year suspension. Uh, My career was taken from me and, you know, directly led to me – stepping back into the professional wrestling world. So I can either, you know, thank USADA for what's happened since then and how my pro wrestling career has gone, or I could, you know, give them the big proverbial middle finger that I do every single moment of my life. Um, but you know, there, there is some silver lining in those clouds because here I am back in the world of pro wrestling after 10 years plus away. Um, and really, doing better than ever. Yeah, and you're and you're with new t-
0: primarily with New Japan or primarily with nobody at this point. You just kind of <laughs> <laughs> like uh, like would you consider yourself a New Japan wrestler if somebody asked you where you were? Because you're uh, you're not still with M- LMLW, right?
1: Uh, no i i uh, I'm not a contracted New Japan main roster wrestler. Well,
0: wrestle for New Japan strong, <laughs> which is a different thing.. Correct. It's all very Correct. confusing. Um, Correct. but 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 wrestling you know consistently every every
1: weekend, usually, you know yeah yeah, if i'm not if I'm not wrestling for New Japan, I'm wrestling uh, across the independence almost every weekend this past weekend. I was fortunate enough to wrestle at Defy wrestling, and I wrestled uh, Kevin Knight from the New Japan Dojo system. Uh, and then on Sunday, I wrestled for Prestige Wrestling in Sacramento uh, against Kevin Blackwood, uh, another guy who actually just made his New Japan Strong debut not too long ago. So I'm out there almost every weekend. Uh, this weekend, I'll wrestle Travis Huckabee in a British rounds-style match at Paradigm Pro, and then I'm going to wrestle Dom Garini in a UWFI match that same night. Ooh. And then on s- Sunday, I'll take on Clark Connors, uh, for the New Japan Strong Openweight Title. So.
0: Okay, so this is coming out. Uh, we're recording it on Tuesday, but coming out Thursday. So, if folks can. I'm assuming the the Paradigm Pro stuff is that going to be on live on IWTV or, or taped? No, I I mean, it'll be uh, on
1: demand. I believe in the in the future they tape uh, a bunch of stuff at once. But these are two back to back shows. Uh, one show, all British round style matches. And then the other show, UWFI style matches. So it should be cool. I've never worked a British rounds match before. <laughs> so, I mean, I've watched a bunch. I used to watch a ton of World of Sport when I was doing uh, professional wrestling and starting out. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm familiar with it as far as being a a viewer, but that was a long time ago. So, if you have any recommendations, throw them my way. I'll send you some DMs. I i i uh, British
0: British rule stuff is not is is a little bit of a uh, a blind spot for me. Obviously I'm a, a freak who's watched all the wrestling in the world, but, uh, that would probably be a, at not as much an expert on that as I am on other random stuff. I'm a fan of, uh, uh, paradigm pros. Weird, the weird thing they do over there in the middle of nowhere. Uh, <laughs> The UWFI rule stuff. It's like they've had some. They've had some stuff I've really really liked. They've had some stuff that has not been good. But like, I appreciate them. You know, going for some shit. You know what I mean? Like we're just gonna we're not gonna put on a regular wrestling card. It's gonna be weird. Some of the stuff's gonna you know uh, uh, not work. Some of it's gonna work really well. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. I you know uh, I've seen uh, both you and Dom really have some really fun matches in that promotion, in that style. So that's a that's treat. I'm intrigued.
1: Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the British Rounds. I mean, I don't want to say I'm not looking forward to wrestling Dom, but I mean, I've done it enough and we're familiar with each other's style. You know, I'm pretty sure it's going to be good. Uh, but this British Rounds thing, you know, it's different for me. I haven't ever done one of these matches and I want to stay, you know, true to the British Rounds style. I don't want to be jumping on the guy after I knock him down. You know, because I know that's against the rules. There's plenty of little nuances that I need to familiarize myself with uh, before I step in there, so. That's fun. Speaking of making the
0: transfer from mixed martial arts to professional wrestling, we have uh, one of the greats to ever have done that. I I think, arguably, in this match, uh, Kazanari Murakami, who I do not think was an especially successful mixed martial artist, but had that sort of... uh, Background before coming into pro wrestling uh, with Naya Ogawa and is one of my favorite guys ever to watch. Just never does not entertain you and is, is just an absolute unhinged madman in this match that we're talking about.
1: Yeah. And, and on the flip side, Phil, you know, you say one of the top MMA fighters turned wrestlers. We have one of the worst uh, fated. Wrestlers turned to MMA fighter, opposite of him with Yuji Nagata. Of right. course, I'm speaking of his uh, matches against Crow Cop and Fedor. No small task, virtually an insurmountable task for anyone, <laughs> let alone someone making their debut yeah. while also carrying the banner of New Japan Pro yeah. Wrestling. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's hard to give him. Too much shit for that, right? Like,
0: yeah, he was an unsuccessful mixed martial artist, and he was put in in two fights against two of what? The top ten greatest heavyweight fighters in MMA history? Yeah. Fedor's number one. Krokop's at least got to be in good conversation for a top, you know, five or ten spot. I mean, Jesus Christ. It's like, uh, yeah, this guy uh, stinks at boxing. He had uh, two fights. He got knocked out. Who are you fighting against? I was yeah, Sugar Ray Leonard and Marvin uh, Hagler were her two. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like okay, yeah, I got knocked out by Crow Cop. I mean, uh, there you go. There's there's a lot of people. There's very few people who put in there against with Crow Cop with zero experience wouldn't have would have done much better. So I feel for Eugene Nagata
1: a little yeah. bit. Well, that's why I didn't use the word. Uh, you know, he wasn't the least talented by any means. He was. He had the worst fate. Yeah, you know, that's that, true. That hand he was dealt. Was straight from Hades, uh, at the hands I, of the devil. I mean,
0: you ever have that nightmare, like where it's like you're at, you've all of a sudden somewhere, and you're completely unqualified for it. Like there, you're all of a sudden saying, "All right, doctor," it's you're wheeling into heart surgery, and you're like, "Well, I've never been to medical school." It's like a little bit like that, right? Like poor Nagato, I think, was a very talented uh, amateur wrestler. I think was sort of his background before becoming a pro was basically said, all right, here you go. Here's Fedor Emelianenko.
1: Yeah. Well, he Nagata is the second best wrestler in his family, you know, at best because his brother, Katsuhiko Nagata, was an Olympic silver medalist. Uh, And then, you know, he wrestled, I believe, two matches in the New Japan ring. Didn't go very far, but had an MMA career uh, as well, but. He was a lot smaller. He was like 170 pounds or something along those lines. So uh, Nagata, you know, I believe, I, I mean, I, he was very high-level uh, wrestler as well, just not as good as his brother. But uh, that doesn't translate directly into the striking arts when you're not given time to train in that realm,
0: you know. And Mirko Krokop started a kick at your head, and it's like somebody yeah. swung a – Swung a the Incredible Hulk swung an iron beam at your skull, <laughs> I would imagine. Who's that, what's the hardest you've ever been hit? Who hit you uh, the hardest I, in, a, in, a, in been, an MMA fight?
1: I've been knocked out one time in my life, and that was by Ryan Bader on The Ultimate Fighter. So I'd have to say that one, but I mean, you don't really remember, so it's not like it's the one that hurt the most. You know, There's been times I was kicked in the head in training where it's going like, Everything's reverberating in and out, you know, um, the, the sound feels like you're in a tunnel, but that didn't go out. So I, I've got to say Ryan Bader. And then in the wrestling ring, the hardest I ever remember being hit is, uh, Mike Bailey speedball, Mike Bailey kicked me in the back and my spine was just, was like, I could picture it tingling, moving side to side.
0: Well, that's funny because Mike Bailey is—I mean—is supremely talented pro wrestler, but I don't necessarily think of him when I think of like pro wrestling crowbars, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I wouldn't—you wouldn't make a top ten list of the crowbars that I've no, seen. You've I mean, been, it, you not been not in think. the ring with some crowbars. It's not like you're—you know—you're yeah. necessarily—you know—working. Uh, uh, a lot of like you know guys who are going to be doing a lot of arm drags. Usually a, a Tom Lawler pro wrestling match because people try to knock your head off. I mean, there was like the like a clip of a, a Broner. Um, yeah, it looked like that. He looked like he beheaded you. You were okay with that? I was a little worried. Uh, yeah, uh, actually, when honest. I saw that, I was like, oh, I know I hope he
1: didn't die. <laughs> To be honest, he hit me with one before that that was a lot worse, oh. but didn't look nearly as cool. Okay. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, at Bloodsport during the pandemic in Indianapolis, I, uh, I told Homicide, you know, or uh, during the fight, Homicide stomped me in the head with his Timberland <laughs> as I was going for a leg lock, and the crowd started going nuts. And I remember looking at him and going, keep going. And there was not something uh, that I should have done. I regretted it immediately. It was one of those things like my head felt hollow for days, but <laughs> it was certainly not his fault. Like I could hear the crowd going crazy and uh, I I'm like looking at him, telling him, kick me, kick me, kick me in the head, stop my head in. So yeah, not, I don't always make the best choices. Um, but that Mike Bailey kick was uh was rough that game. was number one. All right, there you go, Mike Bailey. Holy shit! Yeah.
0: Um, I would have it, Mur- sp- t- tying back to this. I mean, one of the cool things that I always liked about Murakami is he always did look like he was just, you know, didn't pull anything he threw. And I'm sure he was a problem. I'm not claiming he's unprofessional, but he did kind of look unprofessional, which was he conveyed unprofessionalism in a really <laughs> compelling way. Right? We always felt that a Murakami a match was like ah. Oh. I don't, I don't know what that was. <laughs> you know, like, in, in the coolest way. Like, that looked, yeah. that kick didn't look like that was the way you're supposed to kick somebody.
1: He feels unhinged in the best of ways. And there's a match, uh, and it's not even him, but it's Necro Butcher versus Manoa Man from an IGF. And oh. that is one of my all-time favorite matches. And I couldn't tell you one move... <laughs> or anything that was done in that. It was just an uncontrollable fight, as you can imagine. You right. know, you got Necro Butcher, who's uncontrollable anyways, and then Manoa Man, who is a part-time pro wrestler <laughs> at best, you know, stepping in there. From, he's out there fighting in the Megaton tournament, uh, or the Super Hulk tournament, I'm sorry, and then fighting Necro Butcher on the weekend. So yes. you can only imagine. But that that, like, reminds me of... <laughs> Almost every Murakami match I've ever seen. Right, where he just, yeah, that
0: is a great match. Necro Butcher, a way of uh, the Blade podcast alumnus. Uh, a big fan of Necro Butcher. Do you know the Necro Butcher's return to professional wrestling,
1: Tom? I, I did. I uh, I saw that against the Hoodfoot at oh, XPW. Wait, he had a match against Hoodfoot? When, when did he have a match against oh, Hoodfoot? Oh, he, he's, he's, he's taking no. on Hoodfoot at XPW coming up. Oh, he's co- oh, coming up. Okay, because he yeah. had
0: his... Oh, I'm excited about that. He had a return match. I think his first match back was, like, a couple weeks ago. I oh, almost heard yeah, about it in the ringer, but, like, the guy he was against was, <laughs> let's, let's say, not the best. But now he kind of looked like the Necrobutcher. I mean, I, you know, it was just cool, because last time he wrestled was against, I guess, Schlack, and he looked like yeah. somebody who had cancer because he was somebody who had cancer. Um, but now he kind of just looks like the Necrobutcher, you know. <laughs> Not like he's not like he's put on a, a t- you know 50, uh, 50 or 75 pounds of muscle, but he looks like the Necro Butcher
1: <laughs> and kind of rustles like the Necro Butcher, that's really exciting. So, uh, he, he looks like Josh Bishop now,
0: yeah, kind of looks like, exactly. Yeah, he, he just all of a sudden comes out and you're like, God damn, did that guy uh, <laughs> did Necro get on the gas? No, but he looks like he got on at least the Waffle House, <laughs> uh, if, if not the gas. So, it's, uh, I mean, he should, him, him in the hood foot should be that, should be uh, that should be something. something. Yeah, that should be something. <laughs> yeah, something. Uh, that I don't should be know something. What. That should be a, a, a it will. I, I cannot imagine it will not be entertaining. At uh, a minimum, right? It may be a yeah. a disaster, but there, there's no way that won't be entertaining. Uh, do you, have you ever had a, a, fought, a fought
1: Uh I believe I've been in the ring with them in like uh, probably in Paradigm Pro in some gigantic battle royal, perhaps, but okay. I don't know. I don't think I've ever tied up with him. I, I don't think I've ever locked horns with the hood foot. Okay, that would be... I, somebody should buck
0: that. That would be good, I think. He's another guy who I, who looks like he swings from the corner,
1: you know, from <laughs> oh, the, So, wait a minute. So, I, what you're looking for is for somebody to bludgeon me. That's yeah, what I'm at
0: that's, that's what I'm looking for. I'm,
1: looking, I'm, just, I'm, trying, <laughs> I'm trying... I'm trying I'm fantasy booking all of the
0: uh, people to... I want people to beat my friend Tom Waller to death in the middle of a ring. I
1: about how homicide... Stomping my head and was a terrible idea for me. Oh, okay. I felt like I had a hollow head, and now you're advocating me taking on the Hoodfoot and the Necrobutcher. Now that he's back, <laughs> <laughs> it's like that be the if, other one. I'm if on. I can fight Hoodfoot for control of the 15 foot do rag, then I'm in. <laughs> there we go. That could be well, that could be a stipulation. You could put it on a pole or something. I, I thought about stealing that gimmick since I have a <laughs> little bit. I probably have a little bit more reach right now before he blows up even, that's, even that's, more so. I true. need this to, is your
0: moment to, to swagger to swagger Jack the hood foot. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about yeah, so Nagata is an interesting guy. So we're just, I'm just tying this, but we'll we'll be off of the topic in a second, but a, little, a second about Yuji Nagata. Guy yeah. with an interesting career in the sense that he was kind of at the top of New Japan when it was at the bottom. Right? Like he's a guy yeah. who was, you know. In probably the, your lowest point of New Japan Pro Wrestling, he was a guy that was at the top. So I think historically is given a little bit of the short shrift. But it's a guy, you know, that long career with a lot of very good matches.
1: Yeah, I mean, to me, there's no doubt that he's a legend, you know. And obviously, from the outside looking in, being a... You know, honestly, in the early 2000s, right, when Yuji Nagata was kind of hitting his prime, that's when... You were able to start seeing more and more matches pop up online. So you started seeing, you know, really good work out of him. And it was one of the first guys, um, you know, that could see on a kind of a regular basis that worked this amateur wrestling style with a ton of throws into it. It's not like I was getting, you know, uh, Akiyama tapes in 97, you know, uploaded onto AOL getting messaged to me. You know what I mean? Like one of the first full shows I remember watching on the internet was the first zero one show. Right. So when was that about the same time?
0: Yeah. About 2001, I think.
1: Right. Yeah. So to me, Yuji Nagata was one of these guys that came along kind of during like my prime growing of, of fandom, like going from somebody who watched wrestling in high school and thought it was really cool. And then is doing amateur wrestling to like, Wait a minute, you know, I I might as well just keep going along these lines and stick with this. And, you know, honestly, Nagata, even though I'm a big MMA mark, obviously, and, you know, I'd like guys to have successful MMA careers coming out of pro wrestling. uh, That didn't, like, hinder him in my eyes whatsoever. Uh, I think he's one of the best of all time now. Obviously, my perception is, like, massively skewed. Towards the style of wrestling that he does, but i don't give a damn because that's what I like, so you know to me, Yuji Nagata, despite the fact that he was you know the champion during one of the worst business times for them, uh I still think he's the shit yeah,
0: he's really fun in this match too, as a guy who is gonna is gonna try to try to Understand what he's involved in, I think that's what's kind of happening a lot in this match, like where he's just trying to figure out what exactly Murakami is doing, <laughs> and then he kind, of, he kind of gets into into that idea of like all right this is what murakami's doing that's fine i can I can toss you with a, with a with a headlock throw I can work this I can work this style too and he kind of absorbs that initial murakami like you know rush that he has in all of his matches where murakami is uh, one of the great pace pushers as a wrestler right like there is no point where uh kazanari murakami is gonna uh sit in a hold right Is gonna stall it's like he's a moving forward guy and so a lot of i think initially this magic the god are reacting to that and then near the end it's like all right yeah let's go yeah well, <laughs> motherfucker
1: <laughs> right at the beginning like you can tell the the tone is set because murakami as always, comes out looking like he's been holed up in a Buddhist prison for years. (laughs) Nagata comes out, and he's wearing a shiny blue robe. He's got on the chain. But his focus is entirely on Kazanari Murakami. He doesn't look at the crowd. He doesn't look at anybody else. He's staring a hole in his challenger. And even as they're doing the introductions, these guys are locked eyes. And, you know, I'm watching the match, and I'm cheering on Murakami because I know what's coming, and I know we're going to get this... Whirlwind of punches and kicks, but the crowd they are not behind this man, no. they're firmly behind Yuji Nagata. They're showering him with cheers. And at the beginning, neither man even moves, right? So it's like you're expecting right at the bell there to be this onset of, of action, and they just stare at each other, then very slowly approach. And after a few seconds, Murakami explodes. And it goes after Nagata. Nagata is able to kind of eat a slap, but duck one as well. He gets Murakami in the ropes. Murakami turns around on him and just the all-familiar sight of Katsunori Murakami stomping on someone's head <laughs> in the corner. It's etched in my brain. Uh, it's going to be one of those images that I die thinking of.
0: That sneer on his face where he's just fucking yeah. leaping on somebody's skull. It's the best.
1: He's squatting down, putting more pressure. And then he gets off uh, he gets off of Nagata after the ref pulls him away. And he gets even more fired up. I don't know what the hell he said. I'd love to. But uh, it was awesome. <laughs> the, the, the initial onslaught was, you know, one of the best things that you see in the match. And this match was awesome from start to finish. But, you know, that's one of those flurries that it's like, I'll never forget that either. And
0: then, of course, we have to talk. This is way of the blood, so we got to talk about the blood. And there was a a nice Nagata, an underrated bleeder. He's had some real, he's had some real gory matches in his career for a guy you don't necessarily think of as like a as like a great all time great bleeder. But he's 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 let it go on a handful of occasions. And this one, he gets kind of you know posted. I think. And, you I know, couldn't
1: really tell what was yeah, going on. Yeah, it's hard there, to right? exactly
0: tell what. They're outside, and then he, when he's back in the ring, he's he's got he's covered in blood, and then yeah, Mur-
1: he he gets uh he kind of gets like Murakami down, he gets a submission. They get back up. Murakami gets a flying armbar, and then the guy gets to the ropes, and then like, it was like the laziest <laughs> like interference. like Murakami just pulls the ref. He goes to the other side of the of the ring, and the Makai Club post-Nagata, but to me it looks like Nagata keeps like rubbing his head like he's expecting there to be blood, but there's not yet. So he gets back in the ring, gets punched when he's getting up on the ropes, he goes back down, the Makai Club kind of beats him up again, and that's where you start seeing the blood. So I don't know what the deal was. Uh,
0: yeah, maybe a Tadeo you a blade him.
1: Well, well <laughs> I don't know if that's what I'm giving the blade to, but... Uh, <laughs> From, you know, what I understand nowadays, I'm pretty sure it's like hard way or no way in the in that New Japan ring. So, I don't know if, you know, there was but I don't park. think that was true in 2002, right? I don't know. I mean, it, for all I know, maybe that's not the case. But I'm, not, I'm certainly not going to ask if I can go out there and cut myself. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs>
0: I'm a, in this, who are you wrestling next, this weekend in New Japan? Clark Connors. Clark Connors, they are. Yeah. We're doing this. Nope. I'm going to the outside, and then you're going to lick my blood off your forearm, <laughs> Kazadori. Have you ever seen this match, Clark? I'm going to show you this match. I want you to lick my, my blood off your forearm like a, like a goddamn serial killer. Middle of this match,
1: yeah. But I mean, if you're if you're a worker, that's really like the only bad part about the match that happens. The rest of it, well, I mean, there's some pretty brutal head drops, but it's not like they're doing a bunch of elaborate spots or leaping off the top and putting their bodies in severe danger. You no, know.
0: no, I imagine this is a relatively safe... I mean, I, I I, think I think Murakami, although he definitely always looks like he's, you know, throwing shoot punches at your face, I don't know that he is. Well, he's I wearing gloves, too. Yeah, sure. That's everything. So you can hit, hit pretty have... fucking hard with gloves. I mean, you can hit pretty hard with gloves. Well, right? can hit was harder,
1: <laughs> Actually, you can hit harder with the gloves, but I think it also masks the punches because there's, like... The crowd's not going to be waiting for that sound. You right. know what I mean? And sometimes you might get the sound from the leather anyways. You may not have to close your fist all the way because they're not going to be able to see it as much. And he, you can just throw that flurry and there's kind of like a padding there. You know, you don't, if if you do that without the gloves on and the guy just covers up, you may punch his elbow, you may punch his uh, forearm. So it's as much to protect the person throwing those punches at is is the other guy, but when you have one guy doing it on the show and a guy who is the first man to ever win a fight in pride, you know, it works. It's not like you have a a whole uh, show full of guys in MMA gloves. Well, um, actually at some points they probably did (laughs) this era. This was the era where you might, right? (laughs) Yeah, actually, now that I think about it. But I mean, you know, obviously for him, it's part of the part of the deal. You know, you can't think I can't think of Burakami doing anything else than throwing punches with those gloves on. So, yeah,
0: he's uh, I mean, that's the, one of the cool things about him as a, a wrestler is he is relatively unique. You know what I mean? He's very, he just...
1: very limited. You know, like there was uh, an interview uh, that was in, on the New Japan website like a couple months ago and that Suzuki did. And he was talking about, like, if you watch a lot of wrestling, everybody does everything well. And he's like, go watch a John Moxley match. Like, the guy's not doing shit. Can't do, like, can't do anything. And it's like, yeah, that's what makes you know wrestlers unique. That's what makes them great. It's not it, – it's like you watch the UFC now and it doesn't have – to me, it doesn't have the same luster as it did early on because you kind of know how to train for a fight and it comes down to who's going to be the better athlete. It's not about the styles
0: you know it's not like the old days where it's like this guy's a a black belt in Taekwondo
1: and this other guy is a sumo who's gonna win this fight pro wrestling to me is still about styles
0: yeah you know what I mean but there are especially in the indies where it's like what's this guy's style well I'm really good at striking suplexes submissions and fly all those things (laughs) yeah all of them huh every single one of them okay yeah (laughs) and it's instead it's like a lot of guys who are B- at everything and it's like I'd rather have somebody who's you know, A, at one thing, but can't throw a moon, can't do a moonsault, right? You know, at some point you want to, and right, Murakami is a guy that guy doesn't know any wrestling moves. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so. my, my matches, honestly, I think my matches have gotten a lot better over the past two years during the pandemic because I stopped doing almost anything. You know what I mean? It's like nobody wants to see me do some pro wrestling moves. You don't want to see me do a body slam or shit like that. Yeah, you know I
0: mean? <laughs> No, I mean, there's something to be said. I agree with you. I, 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 I do think that, uh, you know, I think the matches of yours that I've had issues with are ones that feel like you're and, and I, I don't think this isn't necessarily true in the stuff I've seen recently where it's like felt like you were doing a little too much, you know, like stuff. I Great,
1: like, like playing pro wrestler,
0: yeah. Well, like, a little, this is a little too much new Japan. This is a little too new Japani in a way, like a this is a little too much like an Okada match. Whereas, like, the cool thing about Tom Waller as a wrestling character is he's a guy who had a 10 year career in the UFC and isn't necessarily going to be doing like complicated professional wrestling spots.
1: Yeah, you can pretty much only do a sleeper hold. So, but uh, like I said, you would, you know, <laughs> you, you know, yeah, I, that's what Murakami, you know, Murakami's in that same vein, you know what I mean? He laid a perfect blueprint. Back then, for what MMA guys you know can do when they come over, right? And the, the thing is, like,
0: you're going to be better at uh, at jujitsu and grappling on the map than almost anyone, right? So it's like that that if you get a match where you're doing a bunch of cool shit like that, well, I can't see that from you know a million other guys, right? Hardly mm-hmm. anyone, right? There would you if you had to if you had to do a a, a pro wrestling jiu-jitsu, are you the best? wrestling jujitsu guy if, he, they had a, if all of a sudden some Abu Dhabi uh, sheik decided I want to just do a, a, a go over there I'm going to sponsor a, a grappling tournament well, it's all pro wrestling because are you winning that?
1: Uh, now it depends on what you consider a pro wrestler because like Tim Spriggs is doing pro wrestling he's a real high level jujitsu guy Shinya Aoki is the you know he's in DDT but he's a lot smaller than me um, Matt Makowski you know he's really good. Maybe he could beat me. I don't know. Huh. I was in Abu Dhabi a long time ago, but it was 2009. You know what I mean? So if any, if if any Abu, I put myself top
0: top ten. Okay. If a Sultan of Abu in Abu Dhabi is listening to Wave of the Blade the podcast and wants uh, wants to hire me to book a grappling tournament using all independent wrestlers, my DMs are open on Twitter. Feels like something that I could do well. I'd be good at I'd be good at putting together interesting matchups that are all It all just an all pro wrestling grappling tournament. Um gotta at least throw a couple guys who don't know what they're doing but are really strong in there. And yeah, necro butcher. like necro butcher
1: too.
0: <laughs> yeah, I could put necro butcher in there. Like I said, he's back. Looking looking like the necro butcher. He feels like a guy who might be hard to well, deal with on the mat.
1: <laughs> Murakami's back too, so That's right, Murakami I mean, yeah, is yeah,
0: back. those two to match up.
1: It's Murakami working
0: WrestleMania weekend. Uh, can we get? Can somebody? Can somebody? Bring, can Bloodsport bring over Murakami?
1: Yeah, uh, I think he was. I think he's was working with Noah. Okay. I don't think they have any presence there. But. Oh, it's too bad.
0: He feels like a guy. If you were, uh, if you were, I mean. But, uh, you know, I, my dream at some point is to, you know, get together enough money to, to bring over Ikeda and Ishikawa to do their match in America before they're both too old. They're getting close. I mean, it's really at the uh. at the last minutes of where this could happen. And it feels like maybe, you know, if you, if I, uh, maybe I'll Kickstarter it. If I can Kickstarter enough money, I'll bring over Murakami too. Um, uh, but that's that was always. I think that was a pre-planned pandemic plan. I had in my mind. It's like I'm gonna get a Kickstarter together because uh, they did Ikeda Ishikawa in uh, WXW yeah. right before uh, COVID, and it was yeah, great. I, wa- I watched that. It's fucking great. I mean, it was like as good as as good as you would hope those two guys would be against each other, even if they're both you know at this point certainly many yeah. years past their prime. I
1: don't know if I need to watch these. Due to their fifties, headbutt each other, but yeah, you don't feel like you do. I wouldn't you need to. <laughs> you, you think I would, right? But <laughs> I,
0: I, want to watch it. I mean, I, don't, I, am, like I said, I think i am said it might be my favorite la- match uh, of all of twenty. 20- 21, was two guys in their 60s punching each other in the face in a junkyard <laughs> in Mexico. So, I, you know, that's sort of my, that's our, the old, an old man fist fight is kind of right in my sweet spot of pro wrestling <laughs> in 2020. It's like, all right, how old are they? Are they going to fight? Sounds excellent. <laughs> um, So, yeah, so Murakami would fit very well in the old, because Murakami's got to be, he's got to be in his late 40s at this point, right? How old do we think Murakami is? This well, is I don't an know. Question, right? This is, this is what we have. What so we have a computer for, we don't need to. because um, he's because you know, this is, this match was 22 years ago, so he's 48, Murakami
1: um, 48 years old, 48
0: wow. years old. So, um, he is uh, so he, he's that's not that old for a pro wrestler, right? Uh, for a guy who didn't put in that many, it's not like he was working a territory style for you know doing loops in in <laughs> Kentucky and Indiana and then uh he's in a, he was in probably never had more than 25 matches a year even in his prime right
1: I wow. I mean I can't imagine so So I, don't know. Yeah, right. I mean I'm sure he worked like UFO or whatever it was and right but UFO yeah. maybe once a month
0: right I mean I don't think they were I think that was the story with UFO I've yeah, I watched, I've watched zero for,
1: one yeah for sure right
0: um, yeah, so uh, again, an answerable question. We can go to cage. You want to see how many? Let's see how many Murakami matches there are in cage match? What's your What's your guess here? Before you put it in, what's your over under on total career cage match Murakami match? And it's Japan, right? So we're not. They're not going to cover if Murakami was working the back of uh, of clothing stores on the on you know <laughs> where they're just uh, the ring ropes are just. Uh,
1: I'm going to go one twelve.
0: Hundred and twelve? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the over on one hundred twelve. Let's see how many there are. Cause you know, teams have been around for a long time. Uh, let's see. Looking at matches. There are listed a uh, three hundred and twenty-three. Damn. Wow. Okay. Three times
1: as good as I would have thought.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean his first match was in nineteen ninety eight. Um at the UFO show in ninety-eight. So um that's a lot. I mean, a lot was a long time ago. And I guess he, I think he was, you know, a guy who in New Japan, like in the 2000s, like it looks like he had a lot of matches in 2001 and 2002 and 2003, you know, where he was just, you know, a lot of like, like he would just be on a tour working like six man tags. Yeah. Right. Where it's yeah. like him and, you know, in, in uh, July 5th, 2003. Murakami and Makai Four and Makai Five <laughs> against Tadaashi Nakamura and Yoshi goes twelve minutes. It was probably in the ring for you know four or five of them.
1: Yeah, you know, so that get, kind of every thing. once in a while I get to work those uh, like a ten man tag, like a twelve minute ten man tag match <laughs> or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like how much can you really do in there? You're not taking too much damage. You know, probably the most damage you get is bending over to put your gear on <laughs> uh in the back or those sorts of matches. Yeah, so Makai, Makai four uh was Shibata. Uh
0: Makai yeah. five was mitsune That's a pair of pretty good guys at four and five.
1: Yeah. I Ryushi Yenagasawa was uh number two, right?
0: Yeah. Super strong Juji uh, super strong machine was one. And uh Ryote uh, uh Ryodi Chiz- Shikuzen was too I don't that's not a name that I that I that yeah, particularly it was
1: gone pretty pretty quickly I don't okay. know what the deal was I with don't know. Okay.
0: I, I, I enjoyed the Makai Club I like that as a gimmick right here's a bunch of fucking okay, you know uh, like I it was like an ex like Japanese television comedian or something bringing Katara in a bunch of Hoshino yeah and then Hoshino and then here's a bunch of mask guys and and uh Yasuda they're gonna have some they're gonna do some stuff yeah. I don't, like I said, yeah, I don't think that you was...
1: Have, you have got that big win over Jerome LeBanner.
0: Right. And uh, I always thought it was weird that Alexander Otsuka, who got a, who got like a crazy improbable Pride win, never was able to turn that into a bigger, more uh, high-level pro wrestling career. Because did, who did Alexander Otsuka beat in Pride? Yeah, like a... He beat... Raw with Henzo, maybe? But yeah, he actually had a big win. Hold on a second, again... There's no point in there's this is all I have a computer in front of me, so there's no point in us uh, struggling to remember who he <laughs> um, he beat Marco Huas, Pride four. Really? Yeah. So that's a big win, right? Marco Huas is yeah. a an King icon. Of the streets. Yeah, that guy's an icon, right? So you figure a win over Marco Huas might get you more, you know, bigger Gigs than uh, than battle. Art. It's not that I, battle is my all time favorite thing in the world, but uh, but
1: uh, I, I'm sure he was a zero one guy. Dude, but, remember zero yeah, one like ser- at some
0: big ass shows back then. Yeah, he was definitely at some zero one shows, but I, I, yeah. I, I, without a doubt. But I think he was never like he never got like a big new Japan push the way Yasuda did. Even though I think the King of the Streets is a bigger MMA win. Um, yeah, then he had a lot of losses, <laughs> but all names, right? I'm looking at the guys he lost to. Uh, uh, Igor uh, Vachanshin. he lost to Guy Metzger lost to Rampage lost to Vanderly Silva
1: lost to Anderson Silva that fight I think that fight with Rampage was on like a battle Arts show
0: oh that was about you're right that's I'm, battle art show that doesn't count good point <laughs> wait,
1: is, it, is it on a battle Arts show it is
0: on a battle art show no but right. that's
1: a real fight that's a real fight you sure I watched it oh yeah okay Well shit. it was to get into the pride grand prix it was like a like an eliminator fight or something like, if Atsuko would have won, he would have gotten in instead of Rampage. And
0: he lost to Ken Shamrock in 2000. That, I, that I'm not
1: sure about. I think that was the um, return match for Shamrock. So do you think and that was a legitimate fight? I think he, I don't know. I think <laughs> I think he beat Atsuko, maybe, and then the next one was the PD My Heart match with Fujita.
0: Yeah, I mean, it just feels like he comes back and then he's only wrestling, pro, fighting pro wrestlers. I mean, like, like, you know, okay, so, yeah, they need to get Ken Shamrock did They put him in with Otsuka's oh, a guy who will do him, do business, you would assume, right? Like, that guy's a guy, not, the, not that I'm claiming that pro wrestlers are more likely to fix MMA fights, but just feels like a pro wrestler would be more likely to fix an MMA fight, especially when we're talking about 2000s pride, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I believe that was the return of Shamrock, too. I'm...
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll have to ask, uh, I mean, I obviously have a, have a, I, can, I can get in touch with a shamrock biographer and ask him the specifics of this question. He beat Bob Sap in 2011. This is his last MMA fight for, for Alexander Uh That feels like that was probably something less than legitimate, to too. Uh, 2011 uh, fight where Bob Sap was DQ'd for illegal slams. Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> On on X on some uh, MMA show Excel Volume 18 in Kobe, Japan. He was I, I've been
1: lobbying to get Bob Sapp back, so I, I want that win over a former IWGP champion.
0: I was what is, what is is Bob Sapp still doing commercials in Japan?
1: No, I think he was just throwing MMA fights for a while. Now okay. I don't know
0: what he's- so, Talk to your people at a Paradigm Pro. <laughs> See if they can get Bob's. I mean, Bob's. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they've got his contact info. Bob's. I mean, do you think the guy, I mean, he was a guy who was a wild side uh, guy trained in wild side for a little while? I know some wild side guys. Do you think, uh, Power Plant? He was a Power yeah, but he worked Wildside side. They're, like, you know, that was like where they sent him to be trained. So he's in like, he's in matches against like, you know, Abyss before he was Abyss and, and that kind of thing in Wildside. I I mean, I, you know, I've got friend of the pod, uh, uh, Reverend Dan Wilson and uh, Jeffy Bailey. Maybe one of them have this contact information. I don't know. We'll look we'll into it. <laughs> I don't know if he's in the United States, but it feels like, you know... I mean, Bob Sapp hood I don't know
1: that he's interested in doing business. Ah, okay.
0: I mean, you know. Fairly. His last
1: few appearances on the Ariel Hawani show, I think is what it was, were pretty pretty rough. Okay. that's feels like, I don't know. I mean, his...
0: Is it isn't it just a is it it just a price? The question is can we meet bob what's Bab, what's Bab, uh, Bob Sap's number at this point? <laughs> and get quote? Kickstarter.
1: Yeah. Throw it in on the Kickstarter. Yeah,
0: Kickstarter, right? We can have, <laughs> work that you can have Bob maybe uh, either you versus Bob Sapp or maybe Bob Sapp Hoodfoot uh underneath uh I mean, that, uh underneath uh Ishikawa Ikeda Uh right. under my Kickstarter. Uh we're gonna then everybody thinks I'm joking and I think my wife thinks I'm joking when I suggest this too, but it's on the bucket list. Uh, for, you know, like, you, we got you know, so that you know now we get, hopefully you're gonna have less COVID restrictions for travel. It's definitely something it's definitely something that uh is a joke until all of a sudden it's not a joke and I start telling people where they can go to watch uh watch uh Bob Sap and uh Murakami. Um so what do you? What is your? Uh, so if you you've you you're, We talked a little about this new Japan adjacent, but you've you've never been in the ring with with Nagata, have you?
1: No, no. Uh, Nagata came over last year at some point, and you uh, wrestled Dickinson, you wrestled Chris Dickinson, uh, and I wrestled Kojima uh, around the same time. So we'll see. I think Nagata is. I think they've announced him. Do they announce him for Chicago? You might be at the Windy City Riot. We'll see. We'll see yeah. if I can get my hands on him before right. he, before he turns into old dry bones. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think he's still he's st- into, the,
0: into the dust. He's still pretty good. Oh, I mean, yeah, he's I mean, awesome. I mean, I think he I think you could I think he's a guy who could deliver a, a, a you know, under the right circumstances a pretty good match. I don't think he's he's not. I mean, he's you know, obviously
1: old. But I mean, if he sticks to the stuff we saw in this match, like you know, after he's bleeding on the outside, he gets in, hits a couple kicks, locks on that white-eyes arm lock, the demon arm lock. The demon arm
0: lock's great in this one. with the Because it's a really cool-looking blade jump because it's, like, right in the forehead.
1: Yeah. It's so like somebody shot him with an down. arrow. It's not the, really, like, the amount of blood uh, that makes this so dramatic. It's the visuals... Of the submissions that is doing With the blood coming down That right. really, yeah, you know, make it great Yeah, it's less of a an
0: mountain More just of a placement yeah. Right, like, because it, it is, like, right in the middle of his forehead Almost like a bindi uh, for, a, for a Hindu woman, right? It's, like, it's right there yeah, And then it's, like, it just kind of coming down Right over his nose um, Like, it's not spreading It's just down there uh, Yeah like you might see, like in an action movie, if somebody gets shot in the head, you see the blood come down their forehead. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, kind yeah. Of what it it's, like-
1: it's it's going into his mouth too, so he kind of has to like spit it out every once in a while. Yeah, and I mean, when you're going against somebody like Murakami, whose entire offense is kind of based around punching you in the head, uh, it adds a like a, a certain element of danger that's not there if he's facing a Tanahashi and right. his bleeding.
0: Right, you this is I the mean. same sort of thing, like where you, where you, this guy is gonna. I mean, he feels like a guy who, uh, who is going to uh, put a target on something, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know like I he's mean, gonna put a target on your head. A terrorist.
1: So yeah. he's definitely putting a target <laughs> yeah. on something. That's right? Yeah.
0: You know, get that. You know, get that nickname. he earns that nickname, right? Like he's <laughs> gonna come in there. He's if he sees an opening, he's gonna try to open it some more. Um, yeah. And this is this is probably up there with the great greatest Murakami matches. He's a guy with like, you know, who's had some pretty big highs, but for the most part is just a, a certain level of a thing that he delivers. I think probably yeah, well, the probably the Ishikawa matches would be your other ones. Of I mean, like, this is one of the great Nagata
1: matches too. You know, yeah. these two it's it's a perfect matchup. Uh, Nagata does great work when he's fighting people, you know, like uh He fought Makabe years later. He has another match against Murakami a few years later as well. Um, And it's like once he's bleeding, he throws some kicks, some knees. He starts cranking on the arm. He doesn't get the submission. So he lays in some more kicks and knees, and he goes back to cranking on the arm. You know what I mean? It's not like he's out there running through spots, doing moves. He's in a one-track mind. He has a target just like uh, just like Murakami did with Nagata's forehead, and his target is that that arm. And uh, after a while, you know Hoshino hops up on the apron. Murakami's able to get a kind of a last ditch effort sleeper hold, but Nagata lands a big knee, some exploders, gets that arm that he's been working on the whole match, traps it for the wrist clutch exploder. He's not done. He's gonna land another one right on Murakami's head to end this blood feud. Murakami, I think I'd pinned him a couple months before to set this match up like a like a two out of three falls, ten man match. So Nagata gets his big win back here. And uh yeah, one of the all time one of my all time favorite matches, I think. You know yeah. what I mean? Very simple, but right up my alley.
0: Yeah, part, you know. Right. Exactly. Not nothing, nothing that couldn't be executed by almost anyone. Right. But it's the it's how great these guys are as 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 characters and as, you know, uh, as as pacing and all that. You know, like there's nothing in here. <clears throat> two rookies couldn't do in a wrestling match. Right. Nothing super no. fancy, but it's, like, it is all about, like, Murakami's sneers and Okada yeah. and, 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 and Nagata's, like, you know, glazed eyes and, and you know, in intensity. And, you know, that's that's my favorite kind of Japanese wrestling it is almost this very simple stuff where it's just like, all right.
1: There's yeah. a lot of little things, too, that they layered in here. Like, if you watch it and uh, they're in the ropes early on, Nagata gets I guess the Nagata lock, uh, the leg lock. And uh, then he gets like an arm lock and Murakami gets to the ropes. And Nagata, he's pissed because Murakami's in the ropes, but he breaks, right? And what happens immediately is Murakami gets a submission and refuses to break. The referee has to break him. Right. You know what I mean? Something very, very simple. And then after that, you know, they, uh, Nagata's outside. He's bleeding. He gets thrown in and Murakami locks on Nagata's submission. Yes. He blocks on the Nagata lock, the cross face. You know what I mean? To add insult to injury. So just a bunch of little dickhead things that Murakami's so great at. Um, you know, very simple storytelling, like the good guy, even though he was pissed, you let go of the submission and then the bad guy did not So you hate him even more. Yep. Just little things like that, that were, that were in this match Were you know, it, Simple wrestling is most times the best.
0: Yeah. I mean, in in some ways, uh, you know, I always say that there's a a famous quote by Coco Chanel, which I like using in my reviews, where she suggested, you know, when a woman is accessorizing, she looks in the mirror and takes two, should look in the mirror and take two things off. And in some ways, like, that's the best wrestling. It's like, you're putting stuff together. Go and after that conversation. When you're done with it, go, all right, what three things should I remove from our match? Right? Like, mm-hmm. what two things should I take off? Right? And this is a match where, you know, that is very, you know, every every little thing is great. But there aren't a lot of
1: things. No, it's 15 minutes. Yeah. You know, bell to bell. 14 minutes, 53 seconds. So it's sub-15-minute match. Yeah. Uh and at no point are you watching this going, yeah, this should have gone another four minutes. No, and you're but and at no point are you going, this is boring. Uh, you know, the action like it doesn't slow down. There's always something going on, you know, even if it's the Makai Club kind of hovering around Nagata and beating him up a little bit on the outside, he gets back up with the apron and it gets punched back down and they do it again. So just you know, just the fans had reached their wits end. Nagata leaps back up, gives him a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a hope that he's going to make a comeback and then right back to what they hated. So, you know, like even the stuff that was, you'd watch it, you go like, they're just killing time. They weren't just killing time. It was a setup, you know, of good heel work. So
0: Right, and then you know, let's talk about Murakami a little bit. The greatest smear in professional wrestling history. I mean, is there a uh, better sneer? Like a better, like, just dis- contemptuous look? I mean, he's a guy who c- can perform an entire match all about just looking at you like this piece, you piece of shit. I mean, he's so good at that. Like, I just want, I can watch him and him just, just watch his face and never anything else he does and just be completely entertained.
1: Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anybody that can match up to his level, but, you know, I think he's a step above everybody else. Uh, his body language is perfect yeah. for what he's doing. He he is the perfect Murakami,
0: right? He is he is a he's a one of one and is amazing at doing the thing that he does. And this is you know this is a great example of and, and Nagata is a great foil for his his or his antics. Right? Blue like, justice,
1: yeah. It's like Nevermore, apropos.
0: Yeah, he's so than good. watching
1: him in this match.
0: Yeah, it's a great match. I, mean, I hadn't, like I said, I hadn't watched it. In, a couple of years and watching it again, you know, is, uh, to set this pot up and then kind of have it on the backward as we're talking. That's a delight, just a delight to watch both of these guys, you know, uh, do this kind of simplistic, basic ass kicking pro wrestling. It's just the best, just so good. I uh, I gotta go. On, I feel like I'm gonna go on like a Murakami kick now. Maybe I gotta find his. You say he's in Noah. There's, there's maybe can I find a 2022. Uh, Murakami ratched right about at the rigger Just like here's this guy. And six man tags, not very yeah. good. But let me tell you about Murakami's yeah. <laughs> glares and how good. Yeah, he's I don't know <laughs> if you're
1: gonna find much in those matches. Uh, I don't know. You'd have to look on cage matches see exactly what they were. But I think it was like him and the the M's alliance. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I don't some, know.
0: There's some you know Noah's current Noah's got some entertaining stuff amongst. They've got some fun guys, not necessarily having amazing matches, but. Yeah. You know, like a lot of like fun old old dudes. You know, like Funaki and uh you know, and uh is Sakuraba. You know, like so, there's
1: old. I mean, Segura is an old dude. Yeah, he's in his fifties. You Fugita. know, he doesn't.
0: Old-
1: yeah, Fujita's the fucking champ. Talk I about mean,
0: talk about iconic, weird Japanese MMA dudes, right? Fujita is a guy who almost beat. Uh, almost, almost beat Fedor Emelianenko yeah. using the the same strategy that Homer Simpson used when he was a boxer. <laughs> like it's an MMA fighter, it's like,
1: yeah. But that. his strategy was a lot more effective. Yeah, well, the- Fujita's was. I mean, he has that. You get beat Ken Shamrock using that strategy. Yeah. So. Um,
0: yeah. Uh, so, well, I want to talk. About, if you, if you are you somebody who's done a lot of ble- bleeding, I can't remember a lot of bloody Tom Lawrence matches How much uh, bleeding have you done in your? career zero zero so you've never bladed. it no is it something it. you're that's what you're not is that that's not something on your bucket list
1: no okay <laughs> i don't right. understand it it's one of those things that just doesn't compute to me
0: i mean it you c- can't deny it add something to it i mean the, the blood in this match is a big part of what makes it great right
1: yeah, well, maybe it's just not for me
0: then. Okay,
1: you know what I mean.
0: <laughs> so, have you been in any matches where your opponents bled?
1: Yeah. So, what was the bloody? What's the bloodiest you've ever made anyone? Well, uh, that. Uh, oh, actually, well, I was doing a match with Jimmy Havoc. A uh, death match in MLW, Ooh. and uh, yeah. we, <laughs> He had called a pizza cutter spot, so I take a pizza cutter i slice his arm Oof. well uh he, he the pizza cutter i don't want to you know give away too much here but the pizza cutter's dull it's not actually slicing him i mean He's gonna... sure
0: i don't know if you're necessarily giving he, out well, the... some
1: of this stuff's real it's not like that you're you're gimmicking the thumbtacks and, and glass and shit like that that stuff's real the pizza cutter's dull he blades himself to the bone like I can see white, looking through his arm, and like we're a couple minutes in the match, I'm like, "Holy shit, are you alright?" And he just pinches his arm. He's like, "I'm alright, mate. Keep going." And we do a couple more spots. We're laying there. He goes, "I'm not alright. Take it home." And like we just get up, and he hits me with like a the acid rainmaker, and pins me. And then they had to come tourniquet his arm. And get him out of there.
0: Oh, you had to put him over, even though his arm was uh, cut open. Yeah. <laughs> oh Jesus! you put him over. Jimmy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then actually, uh, I wrestled him one more time, and he had to go to the hospital that evening as well. Okay. So, <laughs> so I've injured one
0: guy like ever. But so that, but you didn't bleed in the death match. You didn't take no.
1: thumbtacks or glass or any of that shit. Kind of I was going a, to. I mean, so I would have bled hard away, I'm sure, out of my back, but we never got that far. Okay. <laughs> it's not like I had a choice. He just showed up and called it. It was like, not like, hey, are we going to do this? It's like, all right, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And I'm like, all right. So apparently I'm impressionable.
0: <laughs> but you said you we're able to avoid the thumbtacks because Jimmy have cut himself too deep so you didn't have to do it. And now you okay, right. – and, and now it's not like you're in that. That's just not on your list. Right. You're not, not on your bucket list to go in the chains and ICW, no old part or something like that. Just, just,
1: I, mean, I, I, if I do. I'm not blading. I'll tell you
0: that much. Okay, <laughs> That's funny. Hey, I respect it. I don't think I would, if I was a wrestler either, I, you know, yeah, just punch me really hard. Don't yeah, I mean, do the other
1: thing too is, I mean, I only stopped, I, I mean, I stopped fighting this past year. So where am I gonna blade myself and I go into a fight and I get punched and I'm fucking bleeding everywhere and get lose a fight because of that? Because my dumbass bled on some indie show. And <laughs> you know what I mean? And what was the place you've ever been in an MMA fight?
0: That you can't necessarily say you're not doing, right? Like
1: you if you could- Yeah, but I mean honestly, I've I've had never really taken too much damage. Uh I can't you can't go find one Bloody Tom Waller fight, I don't think actually. Oh, all right. There you Not go. I, think about it. I mean, I've been bruised and beaten up, and my face has been, you know, puffed up and purple and shit, but, uh, yeah, no, I don't, I've really barely bled in any of these fights either. Okay. Well, that's good. I can serve my young good looks. Right. There you go. You know what I mean? What I'm
0: I don't know. I, I, I mean, I don't know. It seems like a little, but, you know, um, Matt Murkowski kneeing you full uh, force in the head might do less damage to you than a than a, 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 Nick, a razor blade dick on your, on your airline. So it's not like you're not nuts. It's just nuts in a different way.
1: Matt Murkowski and I are professionals. Okay.
0: Well, that, well, there you go. If, if you guys were not killing each other, in that, if, if all of that was, was, uh, was close-up magic... In that, in that match, then, you know, I, I'm going to give you a ton of credit because it certainly looked like you guys were uh, obliterating each other in that uh, match, which folks have not seen. Uh, they can watch on IWTV. It's one of my favorite matches of of uh, 2022 and maybe maybe my favorite of your matches ever.
1: Uh, thank you. I,
0: I've liked a lot. I've, I've been a fan of a lot of the matches you've had over the course of your sort of return to pro wrestling. I think that's my favorite. Um, and you're, are you, you guys are running that back, right? For Black Label Pro, am I wrong about that? I
1: thought I saw that. Uh, yeah, it's on the books. We can, we can talk off the air. Okay. All right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, sounds, sounds mysterious and interesting. Uh, um, well, uh, Tom, do you have anything else we want to say about, uh,
1: about the great Murakami and the great Nagata in this great match? Uh, yeah, if you are a heel... Or a baby face that's facing a heel. Then you should watch Kazanuri Murakami. And uh, I can tell you right now. That a lot of guys on the wrestling scene. Are not watching Kazanuri Murakami. Um, He didn't do a damn thing. Like you said. In this match that anybody else couldn't do. And there's not a person alive. That watched this. That could walk away and say. He didn't get over during the match. So.
0: And didn't deliver an incredible performance. There's no wrestling yeah. fan who watch this match and go, I mean, maybe there are some dumb wrestling fans who watch this match and go, oh, We didn't do anything. Uh, but, you know, but if they are, they're dumb. That's a dumb, dumb way to look at it, right? Like, he, he was absolutely, I mean, both guys, absolutely incredible in this. Again, yeah. not without, you know, with hardly, you know, the list of things. If you wrote this out move by move, if you Scott Keithed this match, you wouldn't necessarily be talking about a ton of different stuff.
1: I did and I have, like, 11 or 12 paragraphs. Yeah. Total. So.
0: <laughs> there you go. All right, well, so we got, we, what, we, let's, do you have anything else to plug? We've mentioned the couple of matches you have coming up this weekend. Is there anything else on the, on the books that you want folks to be looking out for? Or any no, other Tom to... Lawler-related uh, content or material?
1: No, we mentioned uh, New Japan Strong. Um, you know, that's basically my home at this point. And then you can catch me, like I said, on the indies almost every week. I put over some of those shows uh, that were coming up. But check my Twitter, at Filthy Tom Lawler. My Instagram, at Filthy Tom Waller, And hopefully I'm coming your way soon enough. And uh, you can check me out live. Do you have, Are you going to Texas for WrestleMania weekend? Yeah, I'll be there for New Japan uh, at the Lone Star Shootout. And also for black label pro the main event of the Saturday night show on the schedule is myself and violence is forever taking on, I believe it's Kevin Blackwood, Matt Makowski and Davey Richards. Oh, that should be very, that's a, uh, that's intriguing. I don't yeah. know.
0: I've got like, I don't, of six, man, uh, I got a, uh, that is a of a six man. I'm excited about that. And then I've got a, it's going to be interesting. I've, I've got to get some, I got to talk to my editor about getting a, a bigger, a bigger word counter or something for WrestleMania weekend. I don't know how I'm going to n- narrow down uh, that weekend to one other match when they're like, f- you know, 25 shows full of like cool looking shit on
1: it. Uh, oh the- yeah. There's a ton that I don't even know about, you know, they're just like popping up. I'm like, Oh, what, wait a minute. That's going on too. So
0: yeah. I mean, it's like Texas. So there are a lot of shows. Where it's like, Oh, here's, here's a show with like 12 amazing luchadors. Right, like, you know, that you weren't even, that you weren't even, didn't yeah. even, wasn't really on anybody's radar, but Elliot Santos wrestling. So it's like, you know, it's stuff like that. <laughs> it's um, crazy to me
1: that there's still these like Lucha shows in the U.S. that will happen. And there's like thousands of people there and you never like hear about them. They have like no, there's no streaming deal. There's no nothing, but. I mean, I, th- and they, these shows don't
0: have a ton of people in it, but I'm in Denver. I've mentioned this in the pod before. I'm in Denver and there are like four separate promotions running Lucha Libre in Denver uh, that I've been to since I moved here a couple years ago, and, and that are all bringing in you know huge names from Mexico. I've seen like Psycho Clown Live and Casas Live and Santo Live and you know just anybody you can anybody you could think of, are, you know in these like Kin Sierra halls in, in you know suburban Denver. Uh, every weekend, we're just like, oh, oh shit! Look, fucking Negro Casas is wrestling this weekend. Sweet, I'm going to go pay fifty dollars to go watch Negro Casas wrestle. So yeah, I mean, it is. It is and I think that media weekends going to have a ton of those.
1: Yeah, there was a there was a Warrior Wrestling show that I did where I wrestled uh, Kevin Cross, Killer Cross, and uh, the match right before us was like something just absolutely insane if i can find it anywhere uh it was so it was warrior wrestling 6 uh the match before us was a three way of caristico defeating atlantis and ultimo guerrero <laughs> i remember like that match goes out i'm like what the hell is going on this is the third match on this show like, oh, it's just got Atlantis
0: in it, you know, like kind of, yeah. one of the, the first ballot pro wrestling Hall of Famer Atlantis, first ballot pro wrestling Hall of Famer Ultimo Guerrero, uh, third match from the ball, you know. Top well, three. I mean,
1: I mean, the whole card, the card was Soberano versus Templario to open, then Gringo Loco and Sam Adonis against Brian Pillman and Wardlow, yeah. then then Chris Scott Atlantis and Ultimo Guerrero, me and Killer Cross, Lance Archer and Alex Zane. Uh, Austin Aries with Frank Mir defeats Alex Shelley. Why the fuck Lucha. was
0: Austin Aries with Frank
1: Mir? <laughs> They're buddies. <Okay. laughs> the Lucha Brothers defeated Daga and Tessa Blanchard. Dragon Lee and Andrew Everett and then Brian Cage and Michael Elgin was the main event. So. That is a weird card. That is some that's
0: some, cool. that's some <laughs> war shit right there. It's like yeah, Austin Aries is Frank Mir for no. God, the, God the, 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 that must have – the size difference. It must have looked like that minute bowl uh, uh, Muggsy Bogues picture from the 80s when they were on The Wizards. <laughs> like, there,
1: yeah, maybe, maybe that's what they were going for.
0: Yeah, that's, that was what they were shooting back for. I don't know. Is uh, is Frank Mir going to control his narrative? Is that like a spot for him now? No, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, well, well – uh, on that note <laughs> Tom it was great talking to you buddy I, this was a lot of fun I really appreciate you doing this um, keep your eyes out uh, for Tom Waller on, on the on the independent pro wrestling scene in 2022 it sounds like you've got a lot of really uh, cool stuff uh, planned out for this year and I'm looking forward to watching all of it we will be uh, meet, read me every Monday on The Rigger and we will be back next week with another episode of Way of the Blade